Hello everyone, Eugene Weaver here with another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for this episode, all things science fiction. Uh, but usually it's all things horror and obscure, grindhousey, weird, uh, unseen gems. And uh, I'm looking forward to wrapping up my David Toy uh, two-parter. Uh, one, because the movies that I'm going to be talking about today are uh, all top-tier stuff. Um, but the main reason I'm I'm really looking forward to moving on is because from here on out it's going to be holiday movies, but holiday soft underbelly movies. And I'm not sure how many soft underbelly episodes I'm going to be able to tape from now to Christmas, just because it's that time of the year where it's really busy and people are busy, I'm busy. So I'm hoping to get, there's definitely going to be at least one episode where I touch on um, my favorites. And hopefully I'll be able to to string it out into at least two episodes, but we shall see more more on that later. So um, anyway, but until then, uh, I've got the Riddick movies that I'm going to be talking about today from director David Toy and starring the always uh, good actor Vin Diesel. I think he's a good actor. Uh, I think that he has really carved a niche. For himself, not just with the Pitch Black series, or the, I guess the Riddick series, but obviously with the Fast and Furious series as well. Um, I know that a lot of a lot of people might, you know, lump him in with, you know, the big <clears throat> the big Schwarzenegger brute type guy without any really huge acting abilities. But I think he's a good actor, um, especially in the Fast and Furious movies. I think he does a really good job in those. Um, his his character in Pitch Black, which he's Riddick, uh, it's kind of you know it's kind of one dimensional. But I I really like the character. I think that Vin Diesel can be funny, and um, it's cool that I, I think that it was really cool that that they used him in Guardians of the Galaxy as just a voice. And this is not a I mean that was a that was a big Marvel movie where they had big actors. It wasn't like just a CGI movie and. Instead of using, I consider I consider Vin Diesel pretty much a lister, and to use him in a voice only CGI character, I think I think was a bit of genius, and I think that it went uh, quite a ways in that movie uh, because he, along with Dave Batista, who is a I'm not sure if he still wrestles, but he's a WWE wrestler, um, but Dave Batista practically steals the show in every scene he's in, and it's I've seen Dave Batista in other movies, and he's not that good, but he was cast perfectly in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that Vin Diesel's voice, while used very sparingly, was, uh, uh, I thought that was brilliant. I think that it worked really, really well. And uh, the only reason I'm bringing up Guardians of the Galaxy is because it is science fiction and Vin Diesel is in it. And um, there might be a little bits and pieces of that that kind of sort of feel like the second Riddick movie, which is the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, but more on that later. I'm going to right now get into the three Riddick movies, and of course, I have to start with 2000's Pitch Black, and that was the first of this trilogy. Now there also is an animated short 
that deals with tying in, um, I believe that ties in the uh, uh, Pitch Black and Chronicles of, Chronicles of Riddick, the second one. Uh, however, I have never seen it, so I don't want to comment on it a whole lot because it's called Dark Fury, uh, and I haven't seen it, and so I, I don't want to say too much about that. Um, so anyway, uh, Rhonda Mitchell is in this, Cole Hauser is in this, Keith David, um, uh, looking through the rest of the, of the list here. There's, there's other actors and actresses in this movie that you may recognize, uh, but hour and 50 minutes long. And uh, for a science fiction movie with this type of storyline, which I'm going to get into, uh, it might seem to be a bit long, but trust me, it's not. This movie breezes by. Uh, budget was $23 million, and every dollar and then some is up on screen. I think that this was, um, this is obviously, this is what put uh, David Toy on the map, uh, really. I mean, this this did really well. And one of the reasons that this did so well was they showed this commercial uh, after the Super Bowl in, I'm guessing it was 1999, um, the Super Bowl. And uh, immediately after the Super Bowl is over, I guess that's when when prices to get, like, like commercials dip in price on the Super Bowl is once the game is over. Well, I... If I, my memory serves me correctly, that game was a was a nail biter right up to the very end, and it worked brilliantly for Pitch Black because right after the game of, of a very exciting Super Bowl, boom! This cool looking science fiction action horror trailer comes on called Pitch Black, and I remember it. I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, oh my goodness! And they have the scene in the end or the scene in the movie. The last scene in the commercial is where. Uh, somehow I'm not sure if like a bowl of a, like, I think that Vin Diesel like spits out a ball of fire because it's alcohol or something like that. And it's it pitch black and you just see these, all these creatures quick back up from him. And it was like, Ooh, that looks awesome. Um, but because of that, uh, that's at least that's one of the reasons why the, the movie was a success. I've, I've read it numerous times that, that, uh, that because of that, brilliant play um, at the very end of the Super Bowl to to get this lower budget science fiction movie on there. It did well. Uh, the final gross in the United States was uh, just a bit shy of $40 million. And on a $23 million budget, uh, that's that's decent. That's, that's pretty good. Um, it's since gone on to, I mean, it did Boku business on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, so, it's it spawned obviously it spawned uh, two other movies and a, a video game several video games I believe and the video games my co-host Eric Marner on uh, Movie Freaks has to already told me that uh, the Riddick game is just awesome and I've never played it I believe that it originally came out for Xbox and I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox 360 as well uh, but that in itself and I, I think it's uh, Escape from Butcher Bay I think is what it's called but supposedly it's a great game. Uh, so there's a whole world built on this on this Riddick character. Uh, I believe there's comic books out there uh, on this as well. I'm not believe I know there is. Uh, so anyway, the story is, um, and I've got the Blu-ray here, which I might add, of course, is breathtakingly awesome. Uh, the picture quality is great. Uh, when their ship crash lands on a remote planet, the marooned passengers soon learn that escaped convict Riddick 
isn't the only thing they have to fear. Deadly creatures lurk in the shadows, waiting to attack in the dark. And the planet is rapidly plunging into the utter blackness of a total eclipse. With the body count rising, the survivors are forced to turn to Riddick and his eerie eyes to guide them through the darkness to safety. With time running out, there's only one rule. Stay in the light. And I'll tell you, this movie is ingenious with the way it's shot uh, to, to truly make you feel like you are on an alien planet. Uh, and it's not just the, uh, it's not just the, the, the setting. It's the, the, the filters that they use on the camera and, and with editing. I truly believed that this is some desolate world in the middle of some far off solar system. I thought that was so cool how everything is bleached out and, uh, oversaturated, um, the special effects. I mean, everything about this movie was done right. Um, I thought that the, um, I thought that the creatures were used very, very sparingly. And, uh, most of the times they were, it was like very dark. Uh, so you could barely see him or when Riddick, he's got something with his eyes and I don't want to give too much away with why he's got, he's a prisoner and he's, you know, when they crash on this planet, um, the bounty hunter is after him, uh, and the bounty hunter is not all that he should, you know, all he says he is. And so the the crew is relying on, at first, the bounty hunter to capture Riddick and get off the planet, and then the tables start to turn. Well, Riddick's got these contacts, or his eyes uh, are are turned, uh, mainly because of prison. And I, you'll have to watch the movie to know what I'm talking about. But he can see at night, or he can see in the dark. And so when he does see, you see what he is seeing, and the the effect of that is so so cool. And it gives these creatures on this planet a an even more sinister alien feel. Uh, and these are basically pterodactyls with like a hammerhead shark type head turned sideways. That's kind of what I think of these creatures. Uh, and they're great. They're creepy. Uh, there's just enough bloodshed and gore in it to uh, to dip into sci-fi horror, but it's more of a science fiction adventure. But it's, uh, of the three, I would say that uh, the first one, black, uh, Pitch Black, is probably the most horror-oriented. Um, so uh, it, it's so cool. I love this movie. I've seen this movie numerous times. I watched it in the theater uh, with my friend Jeff Stutzman and immediately fell in love with it, and I've, I've been a fan ever since. Um, I'm going to read some of the... There's a ton of of uh, trivia on this movie. Uh, the, originally, Riddick was supposed to be a woman in the early draft, in a rough draft of the, of the script, and I'm so glad that they did not go that route. Um, I, I want to say that, uh, that Diesel got the, the job um, because of his small part in Saving Private Ryan. I read that somewhere... Don't quote me on that, but I, I did read that somewhere that uh, that he got the job because of his of his Saving Private Ryan role, which was his first movie. Um, uh, let's see here. David Toy's original draft, there were extended scenes of the Boneyard creatures still alive as well as them being killed and eaten by the other creatures. And the Boneyard creatures, you have to see the movie to know what, what he's referring to there, but uh, there's these big skeletal remains left on this planet because of the, the pterodactyl-type creatures. Uh, Paris and John's would 
would have survived until the third act underground, which, well, no, okay, now I'm getting, that's some spoilery type stuff. I'm going to, let's just keep moving, keep moving. Um, the hot desert where they were filming was actually about 50 degrees. They were uh, uh, misting water on the actors to make it appear as if they were sweating. So I think that's kind of cool. Uh, contacts that Riddick, Vin Diesel wore to play Riddick were a prototype after the first day of filming when they tried to remove the contact lenses, they couldn't. Uh, due to where they were filming, they had to have an uh, optometrist flown in from the nearest town three hours away. And uh, so Diesel called the, the contacts hubcaps, and they are big, and they're cool looking. Um, that's probably called suffering for your for your craft, because I'm sure they were uncomfortable, but they, were, they looked so good. The desert scenes uh, filmed in this movie were in the same location as Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome from 1985. So I think that's kind of neat. Um, although Riddick narrates the beginning of the story, his first dialogue with another character does not occur until almost 30 minutes into the movie. So he's a very quiet, um, uh, he's a very quiet, the silent hero type. Uh, the film developed under David Toy's unused idea for Alien 3, uh, which involved a space prison. So how, how's that? There's a, a connection to David Fincher's very underrated Alien 3. Uh, so to determine the rotation time of the planets of the solar system where Fry and the rest crash, they looked at a miniature recreation of a room in the settlement. It's actually a very uh, variation of an orary, real object which recreates the real solar system. And that's a real big plot point of the movie as far as when all these, when an eclipse happens, uh, it happens only every certain amount of years and it's pitch black for a day or whatever. I'm not sure how long it is. It's been a little while since I've seen the movie. That's when these creatures come out from underground because they can only under survive in the dark. Uh, so and that's when they come out to feed. But anyway, um, I'm already going way too long with Pitch Black. I've got two other movies to talk about. This movie is great. The Blu-ray is the unrated version, so it has just a little bit more violence and bloodshed in it. Uh, so if you're going to if you're going to watch any version, watch this, especially the Blu-ray, because the the fantastic shooting style of this movie lends itself uh, perfectly for uh, for a high def experience. Um, three minutes longer. There's not a big difference between the R-rated and the unrated, but I always tr tell you at least give the unrated a chance first because it's generally the better one. Uh, so anyway, that's Pitch Black. Moving on to the Chronicles of Riddick. Part two of the uh, the three movie series, and uh, this one here was made in I believe two thousand four. Yes, two thousand four. And um, let's see here. Vin Diesel uh, stars in this electrifying special effects fueled action spectacular. After years of outrunning ruthless bounty hunters, escaped convict Riddick suddenly finds himself caught between opposing forces in a fight for the future of the human race. Now waging incredible battles on fantastic and deadly worlds, this lone, reluctant hero will emerge as humanity's champion and the last hope for a universe on the edge of annihilation, powered by groundbreaking visual effects and pulse-pounding thrill-a-minute action. Uh, so, there you go. That's the storyline for the second one. And what basically what David Toy did on this one is he completely abandoned the horror aspect of Pitch Black and went full on full on science fiction adventure and uh it works to a certain extent i prefer pitch black and very much uh the third one riddick 
uh, over this, but this is still a very, very good movie. It has the biggest budget of all of them. Because of the success of Pitch Black, this thing got a gigantic budget, $105 million budget. Um, unfortunately, it did not do so good. Uh, final gross was $57 million in the States. But again, uh, with overseas uh, revenue and of course DVD, Blu-ray, all that good stuff. It's I'm sh- obviously it's made its money back because there's a third one, so uh, the money is on the screen. Trust me, this movie looks spectacular, and uh, the special effects are phenomenal. The this one here very very much benefits from a director's cut. The first time I saw this movie, uh, I thought it was good. I saw it in the theater, and I'm like, I was expecting Pitch Black Part 2, more creatures. That's not the case, so here, this is more of a, a I I hesitate to say Star Wars, but kind of a Star Wars type thing to where there's a bunch of bad guys and a bunch of good guys, and there's planets and races of people and, uh, you know, the Empire and the Rebels type of thing going on here. Uh, So, but and it works for what it is. Um, there's some fantastic scenes in the movie, um, but the director's cut greatly, uh, greatly adds to this movie. Don't even watch the the standard PG-13 rated version. Go with the director's cut. And it's not that there's a ton of violence or anything put back in. There is some. I think there's some language and some nudity and violence, but there is definitely more meat to the story, and it helps because this is such a big, sprawling world that David Toy is painting here now. Uh, instead of, you know, pitch black, it was, you know, it was your your heroes with a couple bad guys or one or two bad guys trying to get off of a, out of a bad situation with bad things. This one here is much more opening up a universe of characters and uh, different beings and all that stuff. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, on top of Vin Diesel being in this movie, Carl Urban is in the movie, and uh, Judi Dench is in the movie. And uh, I I thought that was kind of interesting. She does a good job in it. Uh, But it's just kind of odd that that her, of all people, is in The Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, So... You know, I've watched this movie uh, several times, and I, I, every time I watch it, I'm like, that that was a good movie. I would still put this one um, probably, th- probably the fourth one on my list of David Toy's movies behind uh, Riddick and Pitch Black and, uh, of course, The Fantastic Below. But it's still a very good movie, and I want to give this one a rewatch. I haven't watched this in quite a while, and so I do want to give this one... Uh, a rewatch. Uh, the Necromongers are the the villains in this movie, and that's that's the quote unquote empire. And uh, so uh, they're basically it's an army that plans to convert or kill all humans in the universe. So there you go. That there's your there's your villains, and then you've got you know groups of people that are opposing them and all that good stuff. And it has a really cool cliffhangery type ending uh, that leads you to believe that there is going to be more coming. And there is. There's there's a part three. And there's, like I said, there's the comic books, video games, all that good stuff. Um, let's see here. Vin Diesel wanted Judy Dench to play uh, Arion and went to great lengths to get her. A longtime fan of Dench, he had her dressing room filled with bouquets of flowers and also advised her that they could not begin casting the movie until she agreed to accept the role, which she, of course, did. Um, 
In her autobiography, for, and furthermore, Judy Dench says that she never really understood what was going on in the movie The Chronicles of Riddick, but she enjoyed the experience of making the movie, and she thought the sets were great. And they are. The sets are fantastic. Uh, for a movie that is now 10 years old, I think that it looks... It looks phenomenal. It, this movie could be released uh, today. In fact, even Pitch Black. While some of the CGI in Pitch Black is a little bit shaky now, both of these movies, the the stories are so good that they could still easily come out today and feel as fresh as they did when they came out. Um, uh, after the original, Pitch Black uh, proved to be a huge success, especially on DVD. Universal became interested in making the sequel, and David Toy wrote the screenplays, uh, for not one but three sequels, and he and Vin Diesel put them into separate uh, leather binders and presented them to Universal along with the key for the first binder. Now, the question is, though, uh, this movie did not do near as good, so I wonder if they still went with that for for Riddick, the third one, because they made a drastic turn from this to Riddick, and I'll get into that here in just a second. Riddick is very much more like Pitch Black and a lot less like Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, so, uh, anyway, um, uh, there's all sorts of, of info on this movie and, uh, I'm not going to really get into it cause I really want to hit on, uh, the third one. Uh, I will say though that, uh, in the scene where Toombs discusses where he should take Riddick in custody, he mentions Butcher Bay. This is a reference to the video game Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. And, uh, in this game, Riddick does escape that prison, so it does tie in. Uh, at this point now, already they're they're making a universe out of this thing, and I think that's uh, that's really really cool. So uh, anyway, and then it also mentions here that there's the cartoon, but I already mentioned that. Uh, so um, anyway, it's a good movie. I I highly recommend you watch it and and watch these movies in order, uh, just mainly because uh, mainly because they do follow a pattern and. Uh, Vin Diesel's character does evolve through these movies. Um, uh, a couple other notes, because I'm looking over the, uh, the notes here, and there are a couple other cool things here. David Toy decided to not set Chronicles of Riddick against, again on the desert planet which Riddick, uh, Imam, and Jack had escaped from the end of Pitch Black, uh, and again make a deadly encounter with that planet's flesh-eating alien creatures. David Toy wanted to create for the character of Riddick a mythology and decided to have Riddick go up against the Necromongers. Now, Guamor del Toro, David Cronenberg, Alex Proyas, John Landis, and Peter Jackson were all considered to direct. And that surprises me because I thought that this was uh, this was David Toy's baby from the get-go. And so uh, it's just interesting that that there was other directors considered for this. So, um, anyway, go on to IMDb. There is a ton of trivia. If you're interested in this movie, a ton of trivia on this movie, and it's all interesting stuff. So, I want to move on to Riddick, though, because I really want to get through uh, the... I want to get through all of these movies here. Um, Okay, Riddick, 2013. Uh, I saw this one in the IMAX theater down in Florida when I lived there, and uh, I love this movie. This is my favorite David David Toy movie. And while it is a bit of a knockoff of Pitch Black, I fully admit that, I think that this one has the best of everything. The special effects are fantastic. It has a little bit more, getting back a little bit more to the gritty, bone-crunching horror. In fact, it's it's by far the most violent one of the bunch here. Um, it's not as 
huge and sprawling as Chronicles of Riddick because they're getting back into the little bit more smaller scale stuff. But uh, I like that. I, I'm I, I'm a horror guy, so I'm much more inclined to go for something like this that's more rough and there's cre- alien creatures and there's a lot of violence and all that good stuff. Uh, and speaking of Dave Batista, Dave Batista is in this movie and he is cool in this movie too. I, I, I liked him in this. Uh, great cast. There's a great cast in this movie. The movie is, I'm going to read the back here, Vin Diesel reprises his role as the antihero Riddick in the latest chapter of the groundbreaking saga. A dangerous escaped convict wanted by every bounty hunter in the known galaxy. Riddick has left, has been left for dead on a sun-scorched planet that appears to be lifeless. And this does tie in directly with Chronicles of Riddick. What happens at the end of that movie ties in with this, especially in the unrated director's cut. They add a lot more in that, that really ties these two together. Again, watch the director's cut. Uh, soon, however, he finds himself fighting for survival against alien predators more lethal than any human he's encountered. The only way off is for him to activate an energy beacon and alert mercenaries who rapidly descend on the planet in search for their bounty. With time running out and a deadly storm on the horizon that no one could survive, his hunters won't leave the planet without Riddick's head uh, as their trophy. Uh, So, um, Carl Urban is in this. Uh, Katie Shackoff is in this of TV's Battlestar Galactica and, of course, Dave Bautista. Um, So, anyway... uh, I love this movie. This movie is just killer. Uh, the first, like, 20, 25 minutes of the movie, there's virtually no talking, and it's just Riddick trying to survive on this planet. And it could have been, the entire movie could have been that, and I would have been fine. One actor. I would have been fine with it. It's so good. He uh, he raises this dog creature thing, and it's such a cool, cool creature. All the creatures on this planet are, are really, really cool. Uh the budget was $38 million for this. It grossed 42, which is okay. Um, again, this is this is one I think that, you know, over time, lots of people watch these on DVD, Blu-ray, streaming, all that stuff. So I'm sure that they've probably, along with uh, overseas, have made their money back on this. I sure hope they have because I would love to see more Riddick movies. Um, the Like I said, the, uh, the director's cut, is definitely better than the R-rated version, although the R-rated version is is, is perfectly fine, but it's good to see uh, some very direct tie-ins with Chronicles of Riddick in this movie that were not in the theatrical version. Uh, Riddick takes place five years after the uh, previous film, Chronicles of Riddick, and w- that was set five years after the original Pitch Black, which means that Riddick takes place a decade after Pitch Black, and uh, so there you go. Uh, production on the film was in jeopardy of shutting down when there was a delay in financing. Vin Diesel funded the film himself until the bank loan came through. How awesome is that? That's, that's, you love, you love your art if you do something like that. And I think that's great. And I'm so glad he did that because, uh, the movie itself is, is so fantastic. Um, Vin Diesel agreed to make a cameo appearance in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift from 2006 in exchange for the rights to the Riddick franchise from Universal Pictures. This allowed him to produce this film independently. Uh, again, that's that's brilliant. I love that. Love that. Vin Diesel's original vision was to have the Chronicles of Riddick become like uh, Tolkien's Middle Earth, and Pitch Black was to serve like The Hobbit, uh, to be a standalone film to establish the universe, and to have a trilogy of Chronicles of Riddick serving like The Lord of the Rings. Uh, but I don't think that that came to pass, because this is very much like Pitch Black, just more. Um, 
Vin Diesel wanted the movie to be shot on 35mm, but due to the film's low budget paired with large, a large number of visual effects shots, the film had to be shot digitally. But as a compromise, director David Toy added a subtle film grain effect throughout the film. And all the more power to you. Uh, I love that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm perfectly okay with uh, shot on, on video type stuff, and then you do that, whatever it takes to add that layer of film look to a movie. Uh, so uh, the, this movie here is by far the most violent of the bunch. And um, I think that it looks every bit as good as Chronicles of Riddick, even though the budget is not near what Chronicles was. Um, but it does help that there is so so much uh, less of a cast on this. And for the first 20, 25 minutes, it's just Vin Diesel. So I really, really appreciate that he is so uh, intent on these movies and he likes the character. And I, I love the character. I love the series. Uh, the marriage of science fiction and horror or science fiction and hard hitting action is some of my favorite movie making. Some of my favorite movies are that. Um, and I mean, as you can tell, I'm talking a lot about, there's a lot of science fiction that I talk about on this show and that's because I love science fiction. That's what I grew up on. I mean, Empire Strikes Back and Star Trek. And, um, so anytime a movie, especially one that's an, a, a really hard hitting R rated movie, that's, that's science fiction. I just, I devour those up event horizon and the, the, Riddick movies, I, I'm all for those. So, uh, Anyway, all three are great. Riddick is my favorite, but uh, please give these a watch, especially in order. Uh, I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised at just how well they're made and the universe that David Toy creates. And uh, I really like this director. I, like I said yesterday in my show, I, I really think that David Toy should, uh, should be given more A-list director status. I think that he would do great on a movie like Star Trek, or uh, I just think that he should be handed the reins to uh, more stuff, bigger movies. Because even though Chronicles did not necessarily do gangbusters, it was still a good movie that was extremely well shot, that all the dollars that you see are up on screen. And so, come on, Hollywood, give this guy more movies. I want to see more movies from, from him. Uh, and Vin Diesel, I'm, I'll watch almost anything the guy's in. So... That's going to do it for me today. I've, I'm already running out of time. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, comments, movies that you want me to see, movies that I should not see. Um, I'm really looking forward to what's coming next because I'm going to be getting into my favorite Christmas movies. and uh, I'm not, I've am not. i got a couple comedies in there, but for the most part, it's going to be uh, holiday horror, and they're good. Uh, so... Uh, stay tuned for that coming soon. Movie Freaks, make sure that you listen to us over on YouTube. My co-host, Eric Marner, and I, we uh, have a good thing going on over there. We love talking movies. And then our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks as well. Uh, they're on iTunes. So that's going to do it for me today. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Watch David Toy's movies. They're awesome. Until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks for listening. <laughs>